<laughs> is, that how we, is that really how we about to start the first episode of Black History Month? Really? Say, you used to like- the songs. Out of all the songs you could have sang, <laughs> half sang, whisper rapped, you chose that song? Yes, I did. And I feel very confident in my choice because you. <laughs> the way people in life are just loud, wrong, and strong. Let me what are you what, talking about? Let me tell you what should have happened. So we, about, we about to start this over. Can no, no. <laughs> Lift every voice and sing. No, thank you. Thank you. Okay, okay, okay. We don't own this song. We want justice. Hey, hey, no justice, no peace. No justice, no peace. No, no justice, no, no. Okay, I'm done. Sorry. I don't, sorry. Hey, y'all, we're back. That was embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) I wish we could record this for real so people could have saw everything that just happened. We didn't, you know, when we continue to do this and, you know, we get bigger and bigger, we're going to get a, it was a Patreon and they can subscribe and they can see us. (laughs) Oh, guys, what's the drink of the day, girl? Because I feel like you already been (laughs) in it, okay? Don't come for me and my drinks, okay? Mm -hmm. So, well, yes, you all, we are back. Welcome back. This is Serving It Up Tennis Podcast. Um, we have another full episode for our wonderful supporters, like it's really followers, family, and friends. Way. What you just said? I feel like it's confusing when you say it's just serving it up. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, y'all see who the boss is. I'm sorry, boss lady. So serving it up. Um, and boss lady is going to tell us how you can follow us, find us, or search us. You know, let me make sure she gets it together. Get me together. Girl. Get me together. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you can follow us on Twitter at serving underscore it underscore up. Um, and we have been so very active. I mean, just Twitter fingers turn to trigger fingers or whatever Come the on, one baby. is. Come on, yes. Okay, I mean, bars. all the tweets. <laughs> Okay, bars. Just tweets on tweets on tweets, and it is Black History Month. Um, and so we've been doing a thread where every day we post a new Black History tennis fact. Hashtag Black History Month. Hashtag Black. T- what did we say? Black tennis history. Black I forgot. History. Yes. Um, and it's been very interesting. Lots of like deep in uh like in depth like tennis facts, like not just about players, um, but also about like you know things about local leagues and and. Stuff like that, which has been pretty interesting. So we'll be doing that throughout the rest of the month. So please follow us on Twitter. You can find that there. And then also like us and subscribe to us on podcast and uh, no Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You know, rate, review. If you want to, you know, five stars, five stars, five stars. Yes, because we five-star chicks, five-star chicks, five. I just had an epiphany. I need to go to Tiffany. Bendy on my slippers and my cookies always slippery. Okay, I'll- okay. <laughs> Okay. And then, so what's been going on with you? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have been doing what I do. Um, We have actually, it's been super cold up here in Cleveland, actually in the teens. Um, The coldest I've seen it is 13 when I was actually paying attention to the weather. It is actually currently snowing right now. Oh, Um, that's That's My driveway is full of snow and ice. Um, because it's been so cold all week, even when the sun comes out and it melts anything, it just freezes. I actually almost fell and busted my head two days ago um, because, like I said, my driveway is completely just ice. So that's not fun. So as we are recording this, I'm looking outside and I'm looking at manna falling from heaven. And what? Snow I, don't, I don't know what that <laughs> What does that mean? It's a reference to a Bible story back in the day. like. Oh. When the the children of Israel Israel needed food, so manna fell from heaven. It was like a bread like substance, but it was white. Oh. So it's oh, snowing okay. here in Cleveland. It is super 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 cold, y'all. Um, other than that, I've been good. Um, working, trying to pay the pay the man. Um, 
sleeping, eating, um, not working out. <laughs> this- what have you been watching? Oh, so I have, I don't know. I've kind of gotten a little tired of TV. Um, so I'm actually re-watching shows. I got tired of finding new shows. So I'm re-watching Revenge. I don't know if oh, anybody okay. Revenge is a great show. It is really good. So I'm re-watching that. And I actually just started watching Married at First Sight, the new season. I don't know how they do it. It's crazy, like, marrying somebody and you've never met them. I'm actually in the middle of watching those two shows. And then, as you know, um, because you joined the bandwagon, glad I got you on the team, um, I finished Schitt's Creek last week. And that show is so funny. So if you've never watched Schitt's Creek, you should definitely watch it. Yeah, I'm watching it now. I'm in, well, I'm on season three now. I'm kind of mad because it's going by so fast. I'm like, okay, I need to slow down because I don't want it to end. But right, yeah, right. they are hilarious. I love, <laughs> I think my favorite has to be Alexis because she is just too funny. I love when she's just like, hmm. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> she goes, hmm. It's just so funny to me. I love when she like, she like does the whole like, Oop. right. Like she touch you on your nose or your forehead. Yeah. Like, and she said, David, like she is hilarious. And when she doesn't want to do something and you're trying to convince her, I love how she deviates so well. She's like, Right. I like that. I like that. We should totally do that. So what we (laughs) (laughs) Right. Oh, she's so funny to me. But I also love David too. He cracks me up. There everybody on that show is funny and they play their roles very well. They're really I'm definitely going to rewatch. So um, what's been going on with you down there in the dirty, dirty south? I mean, nothing. Just watching Shit's Creek and trying to make it through all the work and the stress that it is creating for my life. But, you know, that is a part of adulthood, so they say. So I'm just trying to figure ways to manage it every day. Uh, yeah. Come on. You got to find a way to manage that stress, homie. Like, you you out here working for the man nine to five. Not even nine to five. Girl. They got you working like... Like what? They work. Um, they got you working what? 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 Seven to twelve? Like you working these crazy hours, man? You need to. You know where the money at? You know where the money reside? Where the money reside? You need to start your OnlyFans. No, I'm gonna pass on that. Thank you. <laughs> but respect I'm, to everybody who does do OnlyFans. I mean, I'm trying to help you get your money. money. I'm trying to get you help you get this money. Mm, okay. <laughs> well, it's not really about the money, but yeah. What you mean it's about the money? What does yeah, that have to do with <laughs> I don't understand what's happening. Okay. Uh, so what are we drinking today? So, yes. So today we're going to keep it really simple. I, we are partaking in a nice red cab. Um, I love a Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, and we actually are taking partaking in a yellowtail Cabernet Sauvignon. And I picked this drink this week. Instead of doing a mixed drink, I wanted to do something in homage to the Australian Open. So this is actually made in Australia. Um, It was crafted by the Casella family, or natives of Australia. So, you know, when we continue to blow up and we have a Patreon where you can pay and see us, you can see me holding up my wine bottle. But yes, we are partaking in a nice, strong red. I love wine. It gets me there. I think I'm already there, so I'm excited to see where I go as we continue this episode and I drink more. So yes, pour you a nice glass of Cabernet Sauvignon and partake as we continue the show. (laughs) Yeah, I do like wine too. You got me into wine more than I used to be, so I'm starting to appreciate it. I like a Pinot Noir, and that's my favorite one, Uh, but I do like a good cab as well, so... So yeah, so pour you a glass, drink with us. Um, we are about to take you through some different things. We know the Australian Open is coming up. We want to talk to you from a different perspective. So we're excited about that. I wish y'all could see me. I'm shaking my tatas. Um, so we're gonna keep moving forward. But right now we gotta take a break because we gotta pay these bills. So we will be back shortly. And this commercial break is brought to you. Sorry, brought to you by Captain D's. There may not be many of our locations left. And when you find one, there may not be a drive through But if you catch us on a time when we're open, get you some good fish and chicken strips. <laughs> we'll be right back. All right, we're back, guys. 
Hey everybody. So we are going to be doing a little bit of a different spin on looking at the draw. So like Michael mentioned earlier, we have been tweeting a black history fact every day. Um, and we just want to share some history about tennis. Um, a lot of us, we know about Venus, we know some of the most current, more current players or like Arthur Ashe and Althea Gibson. We want to talk about some of the unsung heroes. So if you can check out our Twitter page, serving underscore it underscore up, every day we tweet something different, share some kind of light on black players in tennis so today we actually tweeted um well actually by the time you hear this episode it'll be two days later but we tweeted about author ash um who is one of the greatest players of all time um and the first black male player to win a grand slam so author ash actually won the australian open wimbledon and the u.s open um and his highest ranking in the ATP was number two. Um, most regarded him as the number one player, but he never actually hit number one officially. Um, so he also was the first black man to be chosen for the U.S. Davis Cup team. So he broke through a lot of barriers. Um, on the sixth was the anniversary of his passing. So um, what we wanted to do is just, you know, pay our respects. And then, you know, kind of connect that to what we're doing today. So before we move on, I'd just like to give my homie some time. Like, what do you think about, like, Black players in tennis and Arthur Ashe and the legacy that he has left for other players? Um, I love Arthur Ashe. I just remember doing a book report about him when I was a kid. And outside of tennis, he did so much other amazing things. Like, I remember he started, he was, uh, I think, very involved in the fight against apartheid. And I didn't know what that was as a kid. And so that kind of helped me learn more about that. And then also he brought a lot of uh, awareness and knowledge and kind of new information, I think, to um, the AIDS virus and that whole epidemic and how it could be contracted. Because he like got it from a blood transfusion from when he mm -hmm. had like a heart attack or something. And uh, just kind of the courage he showed with that whole ordeal, uh, you know, situation was inspiring. So uh arthur Ashe's great a great person and like you know humanitarian and, and tennis player so always happy to acknowledge him and we should do it more often i feel like people don't talk about him enough for sure right definitely agree so the he is a legend of the sport and has accomplished so so many things so to tie that into the australian open he's actually the first and only black man to win the australian open so we wanted to do a little bit of a different spin and instead of talking about the draw and all because you homies, you know the draw, you've seen the draw, you have your faves. So you just want to take a little bit of time and talk about some of the black players in the draw. So, um, for example, um, our young homie Felix. So Felix is in the Australian Open. Felix is mad talented, so much potential. Um, for those of you who follow up with tennis and you're watching the match last night, some of us, we were tweeting with you, you know what happened. Uh, Felix made his seventh ATP Tour final. He's only 20. Um, if I am not mistaken, I think the only players who have made more ATP finals at this age might have been like, I think it's Djokovic and Nadal. So he's in great company. But unfortunately, Felix walked off the court a loser again. So he is now 0-7 in ATP finals. And I just think at this point, if he if they have not looked into like a sports psychologist, I don't know I, I don't know why. Because um, he has the talent, he has the drive, he has the heart, but he falls apart in these finals. Um, so what, what are your thoughts about our young homie, um, Felix? Yeah, I mean, that's disappointing. I didn't watch the match, but I saw the tweets. Um, yeah, clearly there's something going on there for him that he can't seem to push through in the final, which is understandable because it keeps happening over and over again, but hopefully he can, uh, I feel like he'll get through it at some point, but who knows when that'll be. Cause you know, right. each time it gets harder and harder. Right. Mentality, mental toughness and mentality is such a big part of tennis. It's like, it's, you know, what happens on the court, but it's mostly what's happening in between your head with like the people who are really good or like the talented, like, and that's what separates people. I think is trying to push through that part. I mean, clearly right. he's making it to the finals, so he's got something. He just can't win. And we know he can beat those people because he would beat them if it wasn't the final. So, Right. 
Yeah. The interesting thing is a lot of the people that he's played in the finals, there are certain ones where he was not considered the favorite. Like he played Monfil, he played who we'll talk about a little bit in a second. He played Zverev. So these are players that he wasn't the favorite, but other ones like this final against Daniel Evans, he was the clear favorite and he was playing so well leading up. So again, it's just a matter of like how nerves can really like make your game completely disappear. Um yeah. he was spraying balls all over the place double faulting and the way he played to get to that final was so like clutch so it's sad to see him lose again he made a post that you know gonna focus on the positive thank you for all the support so he's trying to take it in stride so i did a little digging um well, I, can't, I imagine that it can't be like i mean you think about it it's like okay it's the seventh time this has happened so you know that this is gonna all- be a story like, you know, as it's happening, you're like, this is going to be a story. And like, now this is my thing. I'm the guy who can't win a final. And you have to try to push through that. It's like, it's almost like the same thing we always keep saying about Venus, where it's like, it's that cycle. And then it starts and then you just kind of lose. <laughs> you're like, I don't know what to do. So I feel bad for him. I'm glad that he can say, you know, trying to look at the positives. But I bet that would be easier to do if he got like some help, like from a sports psychologist, like you said. Because it's like, right, how that that. yeah. Go ahead. What, what are you supposed to do with that? Like, how are you supposed to push through that? I don't, I'm like, how do you figure that out? It's so hard. I mean, I don't know what to do with him. Like, I kept saying, I wish, like, I kept saying at some point, I think after the third or fourth final loss, I kept saying, like, he needs to play somebody who is also going for their first title or somebody who's going to get nervous. And he finally had that opportunity. Daniel Evans had never won a title either, he's 30. Um, so I thought this might have been his moment. This is somebody who's older. Um, Daniel Evans is not known for making a lot of finals. I figured he would be more nervous. Um, and Felix came out strong in his first save, first service game, two aces back-to-back. In his second service game, four winners off, just off the rip. And then, like you said, I think the cycle started. He In his third service game, made a couple of errors, and he got broken. And you could see his mind working Early on, to like, no, don't let this happen. Don't let this happen. Don't let this happen. And then Evans held and is like, now I'm down 4-2. And it's like, you start reliving everything that's happening. And now you're down a set in a break. And now you're down a set in double. And it's just like the wheel just fell off. Um, and he kept his composure, but I just know he was so broken on the inside. Um, I did a little digging to find out, like, how if this has happened before. And he is in some very strange territory. Um, only two other ATP players have had this poor of a start in ATP finals and have went on okay. to actually win. Come uh, on, research. I'm here for it. And they've actually went on to win a title. And only one of them who's had this poor of a start went on to win t- a title and have a successful career where like, they were recognized by others. In the um, history of tennis? In the history of the tennis. Okay. Two people. So he's not... He's not in the best of company. So, like I said, he's lost seven finals so far. Cedric Pioline is the only other player that actually ended up with a fairly decent career after starting off 0-10. He lost his first 10 um, ATP finals and then went on to make the finals of Wimbledon, the finals of the U.S. Open, semis of the French. So, unfortunately, he never, like, got a, like, he never got a grand slam, but still – Making it to the finals of Sam. So, wait. Hopefully, okay. hopefully so he, he can do that. Like, but I don't know. What do you think? Well, are you saying that that guy made it to? He lost ten finals, and then he still, but he still never won a final. No, I'm saying there are only three people who have had that poor result ended up winning a title. Okay, and instead of feeling is the one that's had the most recognizable career. So the oh. other people who finally won one, we don't know who they like. If I say their name, people oh. won't know who they are. But a lot of people may know Cedric Pioline because he ended up making it to three Grand Slam finals. Oh, but he um, never won a title. Still, he did in his oh, okay. ten. In his it. ten, he won okay. a title. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, understood. Yes. Okay. So yeah. Oh yeah, that is that is an interesting stat to have. I mean. <laughs> That's pretty rough because it's again, it's like, well, I'm making it to the finals, so that's exciting, but I can't win them. So that's, do you want to make it to the final if you can't win them? I don't know. I mean, and that's how I kind of feel, but I feel like you got to keep putting yourself in the position because if, I mean, do I want to keep losing in finals or do I want to keep losing in quarterfinals? Right. Like, because you never, if you're not, 
if you don't put yourself in the position, you and you don't even know. Like, there's one thing that you said to me that stuck with me when we talk. I was talking about, oh lord, the amazement and the dread that was the 2017 year for Venus Williams. Um, <laughs> we so always go back to this. <laughs> I always say that the close, like the one that slipped away, was you know obviously the show because she lost to Serena, she was pregnant, um, and then she lost the Wimbledon final to Muguruza in that U.S. Open semifinal to Sloan. And I was talking about she was so close to winning that because she it was 30-all. Sloan hit that crazy backhand winner. And I feel like if Venus had won that match, she would have beat Keys in the final because Keys clearly wasn't ready. And you always say, well, she like that that doesn't make any sense. The Wimbledon one was the closest one because she was actually in the final. And if you're not in the final, you can't win the tournament. Um, and I was like, you know what? He is speaking some knowledge. It don't happen too often. But he's speaking some knowledge. I don't even remember saying that, but yes, that sounds like me. Very wise. I mean, I don't know about that. So I so I do agree, like getting to the finals is the best thing. I just I don't know what it's gonna take, but um I don't he's almost giving me like Anna Kornikova vibes. Like, right. Very talented. You can say what you want about Kornikova. Like you can say how what you, but she was very talented, she was good, um, but she just could not win a singles title. Um, I don't know if he needs to start playing more doubles so he can, like, get the feel of winning and holding up a trophy in general. Or I don't know what it'll take, but hopefully he'll figure it out. I mean, he's just going to have to, grit, like, just dig his heels in if, and not lose. I think he, the only way he's going to get through is to just win one. And it's like, I think that's going to have to just be a mental battle for him in the midst of the final. Right. And we'll see if he can, like, one day muster up the, the energy to do it. I think it's in there. I definitely yeah. see it in him. Like we've, I've been, I don't really always follow people in their junior career. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to lie. Um, I don't, but he, for whatever reason, he was somebody I've been following since his junior career. I just saw a young black kid doing well in the juniors. I did the same thing with Donna Young when he was in well in the junior. Maybe I do follow people in the juniors. It's just, they got to be black. Because <laughs> yeah. I followed right. Donna Young. I followed Gaia Monfil. And then I followed Felix because they were doing so well in juniors. So I th- he definitely has it. Um, so, you know, like, fingers crossed that he can figure it out this year. He's He lost three finals in 2019, three finals in 2020, and now a final in, two, in 2021. So that's rough. We'll I see. So shout out to Felix. Um, other players we want to give an honorable mention. Gaia is in the draw as well. Um, he's kind of been quiet for a while now. Most of the talk about him is around him dating Svitolina. Speaking of Svitolina, she is not black and she is not a man, but her team put together this TikTok video with her new Nike kit. First mm-hmm. of all, shout out to Nike for finally having a good kit after a few flops. Um, because that is, is fire. Like, what is it? I guess fire. I go to her page. Um, go to Svitolina's page. Don't oh, the Nike kit for the Australian Open is fire. And Sidalina's team put a TikTok video together. You look at it while I talk. So, yes. Whew. So hot. So, yes. Guy is in the draw. Hopefully, he'll actually put some of the flair to the side and take the tennis seriously. And, you know, do well and perform because we know he has the talent. So, he's in there. Oh, this is cute. Isn't it? No, I like this. Okay. Like, fire. If y'all have not seen this that video is cool too. Those transitions are awesome. So it's on our page, but it might be buried because we tweet a lot. So if you just want to see, go to Svitolina's page. You know, I'll put a link into the. I'll put a link. I'll put a put the link in the description too. Oh, per- perfect, y'all. The kit is hot, and Nike been flopping a little bit for a little while now. But the kit is hot, and that video is hot. So yeah, Mofil will show up. Um, I just want to quickly shout out Michael Momoa. Um, he qualified. Qualifying is so weird because qualifying actually took place a month ago in a completely different part of the world. <laughs> um, okay. So, but he qualified and he's in the draw. He plays another qualifier in the first round, Trioki from Serbia. Now, I want to shout out Michael Momoa for a couple of reasons. I don't One, know who that is. Shade. I know. I'm not saying it to be shady. I just want to, I'm interested to hear. I've never heard of him before. Okay. So, let me tell you a little bit about Michael Momoa. So, he is. A young African-American player um, actually was not born in America. He plays for America, but he was actually born in Saudi Arabia. 
Why do I know so much about Michael Momoa? Because, again, I try to follow the black players. And I remember when we were at Miami one year, um, he was actually there. And he was walking around. And, like, a lot of people didn't recognize him, but I did. So I kind of stopped him for a little bit. I'll tell you, go this see him. You are, like, a, you are a legit tennis, like, and I think that it's, like, way more intense than you, like, let on. Because you be knowing stuff that I don't think most tennis people be knowing. Because I had no idea. You clearly had that whole moment and didn't say anything to me. Because I had no clue. I, I didn't want to bring too much light to it. Because people would come and get in my way. So I kind of stalked him for a little bit. Followed him to the practice courts. Um, and then, you know, little known fact, honey. Pa, sugar, sweet tart. Ooh. Michael Momoa followed me on the Twitter, um, or was oh, it the Instagram? He followed me on something because I actually started like tweeting or commenting on his things in support because he was playing like challengers, and he actually followed your boy. Um, last name M M O H. So I followed him then, and then he really he is talented. He just has not. I don't. I think one of the struggles with him is that he doesn't have a a big weapon. He's just kind okay. of solid all around, but he doesn't really have a big weapon yet. So I wanted to shout him out. He's in the draw. He qualified. He um, Hopefully he has a good run. And another reason I want to shout out to boy, Michael Momoa spent his time during quarantine. Quarantine in that body, yada, yada. I know. I was noticing that. I'm sure Ooh, that was Chile. the reason why you're so up to date on what's going on with him. Ooh, he posted a picture. <laughs> Girl, stop <laughs> it. Okay, you're so ridiculous. I cannot deal with you. While we were, while some of us was eating Cheetos and drinking wine, he was doing them crunches and then push the ups. Okay, so he we know his body ready. Um, so definitely want to give him a shout out. So keep an eye out for Michael Momoa. I think he's very talented. He's also he also struggles a lot with sucky draws. Like he tends to end up having to play big names super early. So I don't think he ever gets a chance to really get any momentum. Um, so I think that also holds him back. If he does win his first one, he has to play Nadal in his second round. So that's kind of the draws that he typically gets. Well, Nadal says his back hurts. So, you know, maybe that'll help him out if he gets there. I don't know. Watch your face. Nadal, Nadal is on my fantasy list. I need Nadal to get that back together, okay? Oh, well, listen, I thought, where do your loyalties lie? Oh, that's a good question, honey. Exactly. My loyalty is lie with me, and I want to okay. win this trophy. I ain't never won the tennis fantasy, Eric. I want to win the trophy. Uh, <laughs> you're so ridiculous. Okay, <laughs> who else? What else? What else? And the last one I just want to mention, TFO. He's in the draw as well. Oh, yes. Yeah, TFO is still struggling. He has not figured out how to just win a match in straight sets. He'll be up and he'll lose. American um, mom yeah, <laughs> like, yes, exactly. Yeah. He reminds me of <laughs> just like why are you just like him. That is the perfect example. He has all the shots. His forehand can be a little wonky, but just keeps losing matches that he should. The problem with me with him is he keeps losing matches he should win. Like he has sucky draws, which he doesn't get to gain a lot of points sometimes. Like in the Australian Open draw, if he wins his first round match, which he should win, he has to play Djokovic in the next round. Um, yeah, that sucks. So he has sucky draws, but in tournaments where he should win, he's not winning. He made a deep run to the fourth round out of Australia two years ago. So we'll see what he does this year. But those are the four standout players that I'm looking to see how they do in the Australian Open for this year. He reminds me of Sloan, too. He gives me some Sloan vibes. Oh, she, yes. I'm like, uh, can y'all just try harder? No? Yeah, okay. He's not as bad as Sloan, but they give uh-huh. me, like, he at least gives me I'm trying. I'm just all kinds of confused vibes. Yeah, maybe the motivation is different. Yeah, Sloan gives me... The check ain't big enough, so I'm not want to be here. You don't (laughs) tell the truth. I'm just saying. She's like, but I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. I think she's kind of over tennis. But hey, I guess we're going to talk about her now. So, yes, the perfect segue. Now we're going to talk about black players in the women's draw. And we're going to save my two fave for the end. Oh, I wonder who they are. (laughs) Oh, of course. You know, Taylor Thompson and Tornado. Yes, of course. <laughs> Those are my fave. Um, so we are, we'll start with Sloan. So Sloan's in the draw. Sloan hasn't been doing much. Well, she's been doing a lot of losing. Um, right. So she lost her opening matches here again to Fernandez from Canada. Sloan got drug off the court. Um, I didn't watch it, but you said it was bad. It was bad. It just 
Like, you know, you can just lose matches because nobody's perfect, but she, Sloan looks so over, like, she looks like she doesn't want to be there. And my thing is, I'm not saying she doesn't, but girl, at least look like you want to be there. And if you don't, don't play. You still could be making money off of that $3.4 million check you won at the U.S. Open. You out here doing commercials for chocolate milk. And the girl, right? And it's like if this have this are these the results, girl? Because I don't want the chocolate milk. I don't. <laughs> and this was gonna happen. Yeah, I, I don't know. Get, I, feel I, need, like I need to go get me some strawberry milk. What's happening? Yeah, I just think Sloane got her grand slam, and I don't think she's ever thought she was going to. And now she's like, okay, well, I've achieved what I, I thought I was gonna achieve. That's what I give, and I don't know if that's fair, but the motivation just not seem to be there. Mm. Um, even more so than usual, but. You know, she also has the ability to turn it on whenever she wants to. So she is always dangerous. Yeah, she's always a dangerous player. Like nobody ever wants to play Sloan, but if you see her name, you're like you're not you're not terrified. Um, You know, you have a good shot that she's not gonna want to try. But on the off chance she do want to try, it can uh, present a lot of problems. I wish she had this energy in the U.S. Open 2017. Well, of course she wouldn't, because why? Because let me tell you, whenever Sloan won a Sloan picks the by her game when she plays Venus and Serena. Of course, like, everybody does. It, you're right, everybody does. It's ridiculous. Like, girls, I just want her to do better. So Sloan is in the draw. She's probably gonna be out the draw real soon. Um, but she's there, super talented. Um, she's one of the professional tennis players that I have a picture with. Um and who who blocked you on uh social <laughs> So you be like that. He's not gonna be able to tag her in nothing unless it's from the from our page because she blocked him. <laughs> y'all see that? Y'all, y'all. I know y'all have seen that gif where Tone is like block, block, uh, block. <laughs> so apparently, I was one of those blocks. Block. Um, <laughs> and I don't even remember what was the tweet that caused me to get blocked, mm-hmm. um, which is bad. Which means I probably tweeted a lot about her. Um, but I never said anything that wasn't true. Like, I would tweet stuff about, like, girl, did you even care? Girl, did you even try? Girl, why did you show up? So I guess she got tired of that. So, yes, Sloan Stevens has blocked me. Um, but we, she is still one of the professional players I have, yeah. I, I have a picture. Oh, it's true facts, yes. I mean, facts. She's, and we like, listen, I like her. You know, she had a moment where we didn't like her because she was being disrespectful, but I have forgiven her. And she has provided some very entertaining and funny moments in press conferences and whatnot. She's funny, so I'm yes. here for her. Yeah. When yeah. she was at Charleston and they're talking to her about why, when she won that match and they were like, you celebrated so much. What did it mean? To, why does it mean so much? She's like, because I'm fucking tired of losing. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's going to be her response the next time she wins. That's, right. that's where she at now. Current mood right now. Right. That was, yeah. she was like, oh, I'm so, I'm going to get so fined. It was such a funny moment. If y'all haven't seen yeah. that clip. Like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> she was like, she was like, like oh, my gosh. Yeah, girl, you said it. What you, you talking said, about? <laughs> and you, that's how you know when your reaction is genuine. Like, she was like, what the, What do you mean, why am I happy I want you? Because I'm fucking tired of losing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, yeah, girl, you just went off, blacked out in the booth, okay? <laughs> like, geez. So, yeah, Sloan's in the draw. Um, another young star, I don't want to say another, but a young star in the draw is, I, I'm probably going to mess up your last name, sweetie. And if you happen to listen to our podcast, because we, know, we know that you all do. <laughs> Not sweetie. Uh, I apologize. Sweetie. <laughs> not, we're not talking about that, sweetie. Um, I am not your slave. <laughs> oh, that was so funny. Oh, Housewives used to be so good. It's not very good anymore. Anyway, I digress. Um, so Whitney Oswegui, it's Oswegui. I'm, I'm sure I'm butchering that. I'm so sorry. Um, How do you spell it? O s u i g w e. Okay, there we go. There we go. So she's in the draw as well. She's young. She's 18. She's coming up. She hasn't really made any big waves in the tour yet, but the few times I've seen her play, she's talented. She's American. She's American, born in Florida. She gives me Momoa's vibe. I haven't seen any big weapons from her, but I see tenacity and heart. So I'm hoping as she continues to get older, she develops either a big serve or a big forehand or something. She's just consistent. um, And I don't think consistency goes that far unless you are like a fighter 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 and super fast something like halop or whatever 
So uh, she, I'm, I'm keeping my eye on her as she continues to develop, um, and we'll see how turn, things turn out with her. Okay, Anything yeah, you want to say? No, no uh, interviewer, nothing I want to say. Just saying, girl, I don't know. I, don't, I know you don't know her. No, I'm looking at her on uh, Google now. Yeah, I feel like I've seen her before, and I think I've recognized her name. But no, I don't know. I, I mean, obviously, I will hope she can do as best as she can. It is always hard when you're just consistent and you don't have any big weapons. It's also interesting to see all of these new black players. Like, I mean, I always think about how they, they are have to have been influenced by Venus and Serena. Right. Um, and then to come into this tennis world with, like, not really that expectation, but I wonder, you know, if people kind of always automatically try to draw those comparisons because they aren't. Really they do. Right. Yeah. And that's a whole extra level of pressure. pressure. When, yeah. when, when Sloan started winning, she was supposed to be the next Serena. When Ashley right. Sloan, she was supposed to be the next Venus. Now Coco was supposed to be the next. Like, it's the same. Like, it's always going to be that pressure. And it's pressure is hard to live with. But like Billie Jean King says, pressure is a privilege. If you are not unable to push through, you won't be a great player. So hopefully she will be, be able to push through that barrier. Like, she's still young. Um, and talking about young players, perfect segue into the youngest player in the draw, um, the Coco Goff. That is crazy um, to me that she's the youngest player. I feel like she's been around for so long already. Right. That she, right. Make any sense? Like shot first. Like first of all, a little, cool, just a little story about us. Like we actually saw Coco playing tennis at Miami when she might have been like eight. Yeah, um, she was a little kid. She was a little girl, and she was hitting on the court. And we didn't take a picture. We didn't know who she were was. We should have. I wish we did. But I do remember we stood there and we looked at that girl, and we were like, "Why can that little girl probably be us?" Right. I was like, why can't we hit like that? I mean, she right. took the ball so early. And I was like, well, God, am I supposed to be taking the ball that early? Well, I mean, like, what am I not doing? Because I have because yeah. we were in college at that time. I think we were yeah. like freshmen or sophomores in college. And I was like, this girl would drag me right now. Drag me, I, Monique. Um, <laughs> then I feel like we saw her other times we went, like, as the years went on. Like, she would be yeah. watching same matches we were watching. Yeah, there was one year. Yeah, every court we went to, we would see her. By then, we knew who she was. She right. hadn't made us, like, a name on the tour yet, but we knew who Coco Golf was. Um, and every tournament we went, every stadium we went to, she was there. And That's it was all tournament. the black players. Coincident? Um, I think not. <laughs> right. Um, so Coco is in the draw. She is all of 16 years old. And she is ranked 48, so she is the youngest player in the top 100 and the top 50. So shout out to Coco. And she is coming off of a, an amazing debut at the Australian Open last year. In her first time, she made it to the fourth round. Um, and she actually beat Naomi Osaka um, last year in a rematch. So it's going to be interesting to see. I want to see how she's going to do this year and backing up a lot of those results. I think Coco Goff has it mentally. She's still young. And when you're six, 16 now, is diff the game is so different. Like, Hingis was winning slams at 16. Serena won the U.S. Open at 17. Venus made the U.S. Open final at 17. Can Coco do it? I will never say that she can't. But I think 16 and 17 now is way different than 16 and 17 back then. And not because of that, the player's mentality or weakness. Just like the top players play so much longer. Like, Coco Goff shouldn't, you would, you would never think Coco Goff would be in the same draw as Venus and Serena Williams. Like, you would think, one, she's so young, she wouldn't be in the draw yet, and two, they would be retired. Um, so it would be, it's going to be interesting to see how she follows that big run last year. Uh, I, mean, I, feel, I feel like she can do it. The thing is, this girl, I feel like of all the emerging Black tennis youth that we've seen, I feel like she has proven the most that she has what it takes to handle mm -hmm. the big moments. Um I think the pressure may be starting to get to her a little bit more because it's like, okay, now she does have to make good on some of the results that she's, you know, shown us before. Mm -hmm. um, but she's very talented. And I think her parents have instilled a belief of this is what she should be. This is what she should be doing. And she should be number one in the world, much like uh, Richard did with Phoenix and Serena. Like right. you are the number one, like, and I think she believes that. And you can tell that when she, when she plays, so I'm excited to see, um, what she does, I just hope you know she stays away from um, our favorite too because I ain't got time for that. I, yeah, mean, I want her to have it, but not yet. You know, let them and get with it. Ain't they. nobody got time for that. Yeah. She has done a really good job. Like her parents, I love that they let her continue to be a kid. They're not right. trying to make her a cash cow. Um, she's using her voice 
for like social justice and the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, and at 15, she won two WTA doubles titles and a WTA singles title in 2019. So this girl has the goods. What we don't want to see is injury or anything plague somebody's career because, you know, that can change trajectory in a second. So it'll be interesting. Coco, from my standpoint, has a pretty decent draw and pretty decent meaning that if she plays well, she could cause some upsets. She should win her first match. She plays Tickman from Switzerland, who's a good player, but I think Coco on a good day should beat her. The funny, the crazy thing is she plays Fidelina in round two. Um, but we've seen Coco, like I said, she took out Osaka last year. She took out yeah. Venus last year. Like right. that's yes. a big follow to take out Venus in the first round and Osaka in the third round. Two people that you know for a fact that she looked up to as a kid. She might be like, who's Fidelina, girl? I think she I don't think any of those p- people want to see her name. Like I think she they are rightfully so slightly afraid of playing her not like oh you know i might lose but they know that she can play and it's not going to be easy so i think svitolina also is like i don't want to play her as much as coco is like i don't you know but coco i think more is like yeah let's do this because i think she really is she's at that age where she's like i want to prove that i belong here right so she wants to beat them which makes her very dangerous right you're right because they they're more worried and some people fault osaka for being so candid osaka said last year what ain't nobody ever said and why why there's extra pressure on playing golf first of all golf is a legit tennis player in her own right the girl can play the girl got game the girl is athletic she's super talented coco golf to me is the epitome of a young Venus Williams. People, yeah. they're going to compare her to Serena because Serena is the GOAT and everybody wants to see who's going to be the next Serena, but Coco is Venus. The reason I say that, she is freaking athletic. And Serena's athletic, but when Venus came out on that court and she was tall with them lanky legs and them arms and she was literally getting to everything, she gives me Venus vibes. Even in, in her tenacity, Coco's forehand is a little wanky Venus's forehand was a little wanky as a kid. Coco's golf second serve can go off. Venus's second serve wasn't always the clutches. It is now. Thank you, Eric. Um, Hello. I can, I can, Talk about it. Come on, come on Coach Eric. Okay. So, v, Coco gives me Venus vibes. So I hope she, like, nobody wants to play her. But Osaka said some truth last year. She's like, no one wants to lose to a 15-year-old. Right. Like, when you are a kid, 27, 30, 30, like the pressure in knowing that you're playing at 15 or 16 year old, Svitolina don't want to see Coco. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like it brings up so much stuff for somebody who's older. It's like, okay, well, I have to prove that I can beat this child. You know, it's like a kid, it's like playing your little your younger sibling, even though they're not really that. You don't want to lose to anybody who's that much younger than you. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it definitely adds a whole extra layer. And she has the goods to back it up. It's like, okay, she well. Does. And yes, you feel yeah. like she's beaten Venus twice. But look, I love Venus, and Venus will always be my fave. Venus is doing the same stuff to people when she was 15. 16. Exactly. Venus came out in her first tournament ever and had the number one player in the world down a set and a break. Right. Like, like, like we can't, like, I am a very honest fan when it comes to Venus and Serena, but they did the same thing to people back in the day. They, was, yep. they were dragging golf. I mean, sorry, Graf, they were being like st- the, these big players. She, Venus yeah, was like right. 17 and got to the U.S. Open finals. You have yeah. to beat players along the way that you should not be to beat. So don't nobody want to see golf because she got the game and she's only 16. So that'll yeah. be interesting. And I think everybody knows she's going to have a breakthrough. So it's like, I don't want <laughs> I don't want that to happen against me because, <laughs> you know, it's coming. It right. has to, it's going to happen at some point. Right. Now, what I'm going to be interested to see is I've been keeping a close eye on these big matches that she's lost. Coco Goff has done a good, a very good job of beating big hitters. But when she runs into people who are also consistent, like a Hallett, she tends to lose. So Svitolina, some people on Twitter, some of our followers, y'all shady. <laughs> they call Svitolina a broken down version of Hallett. <laughs> Not broken Girl, down. That wasn't me, honey. That wasn't me, honey. That wasn't us. Um, but it'll be interesting to see why. Because Fidelina is gonna is not going to hit Coco off the court, and I think Coco likes those playing those players. She's gonna have to rally. So it'll be interesting if they play each other. Yeah, yeah. And then um, on to our last two. Um, without saying my two favorite tennis players, um, 
our two favorite tennis players. My two favorite. Our two favorite tennis players as a podcast. This is our two favorite tennis players. My two favorite tennis players, Taylor Townsend and Madison. (laughs) (laughs) You are ridiculous. First of all, the shame. Are you even going to talk about that? No, neither one of them are in the draw. It's Madison. Because Madison Keys tested positive and couldn't. Oh, right. And then um, Taylor Townsend has a quarantine baby. That's right. I forgot she was a pregnant. She's a pregnant. Yes. Got pregnant. Mari. You remember that? <laughs> we just got pregnant. Yeah, got pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Benji Brown. Or Benji, oh, you oh like my God. God. Love he Benji was Brown. so ignorant. I loved it. He was so funny. So got no, pregnant. put him in the draw. Um, I forgot and, about that. He couldn't travel. Um, and then Taylor Thompson, we wish you the best in your pregnancy. Yes. So, yes. So those are my two favorite players, but our two. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yes. I was okay. with Venus and Serena. Yes. Okay. Well, listen. I'm here. But where should we start? Can we? Okay. Let's start with this past tournament, where Venus once again, because she has the most unlucky lucky draws in the world, ran up against somebody in the second round. That was like the hardest match she could have in the second round. Right. Yeah. Outside of her sister. Outside of her sister, right? Um, but yeah. but she, played, played, she played well, so I feel positive. I feel a good vibes going into the Australian Open. Yes, um, I agree. She played well. Um, what I will say is that even though Venus lost her second match, she is one and one for the year. Venus didn't win her first match last year until August, so you know we're we already doing better than we did last. Exactly. year. Exactly, improvements. Um, improvements. I am here for the improvements. <laughs> the improvements, honey. right? Better. Um, but to me, what stood out the the most is two things I saw change. One, Venus has adjusted her return stance and she's yeah. moved back a little, which yeah. I think she needs to do. We already saw improvement in her forehand. We already saw improvement in her second serve. We already saw, like, she was placing it better. But what I also saw was in that first match, Venus was in a winning position and she didn't crack. Right. Venus did a lot of that last year. Venus lost a lot of matches, but she would she she would win the first set and be up in the second. And like Micah was mentioning earlier, the wheels was – like, she would start getting nervous. So when Venus was up 6-1, 5-2 – her opponent, um, Russ, held. Venus closed out that match clutch. It wasn't a struggle. She didn't get broken. She didn't go down a game point. And Venus was giving us come-ons. She was giving us fist pumps. She was giving us winners. She ended with almost double the winners to um, errors. She ended with, like, six aces. Well, you know, Venus Venus has stopped serving at, like, 115, 118, 125. So that means her placement is good. So that first match gave me life. And then yeah, it was a good oh, match to watch and you know we love when venus is giving us commands and is showing you know i always say when venus hasn't played in a very long time she always comes out ready to go and she said so she was like she was tired of practicing she was ready to play and i feel like you could totally feel that in the first match because she was just on top of everything yeah um, which was great to see and, and like you said she closed it out and i think we all were like okay that's what we need to see from her when she has the lead to keep right. it and finish the match off Unfortunately, she ran into Kavitova. Uh, Kavitova. No walk in the park, girl. Right. And when we watched that match, you said something. She's like, this bitch just be here the fucking ball. Like, yeah, she is a, it is ridiculous. She gets winners from all over. It just she's out of nowhere. Hard. Yeah, out of nowhere. She's like, okay, I'm just going to hit the ball as hard as I can. And then it's like, well, what are you supposed to do with that? Right. <laughs> like, you can't do anything. So it was a tough match. They had, they had played seven times before. All of their matches had gone three sets. Kvitova had the slight edge 4-3. Um, but Venus had won the last two matches. Right. It was crazy. That means Venus is down 4-1 in the head-to-head. Which I didn't even realize that. Me either. I thought it was much closer. Um, yeah. It was 4-3. But this match ended up being their first two-setter. Kvitova won 7-6, seven, 7-5. Seven, um, but even though Venus lost in straight sets, Venus gave me a lot. She fought. That first set was close. She was down 6-3 in the tiebreaker, saved three set points, and like could have could have easily won that first set. And then in the second set, she went down 4-1. And we thought it was going to be like the tough first set collapse in the second set. And Venus said, not today. 
fought back, got it on serve, and got it to 5-6. And then, you know, unfortunately, Kvitov ended up closing it out. Um, but I still loved what I saw. Um, Kvitov is a tough player. So that gave me even more hope for Venus in her Australian Open campaign. Yeah, I mean, definitely good things to take from from her warm-up tournament. Um, tough second round. But she played well and fought. I don't think she went away. Kvitova no, kind of beat her. she could have. Yeah. Venus had chances to where she could have, you know, I think she could have won that match. But I'm proud that she didn't, like, fall, fall apart and, like, go away. She was fighting tough through the end. And you can tell that her improvements have made it easier for her, like getting some free points on her serve and stuff help her helps her keep it close. Um, which we always say is important. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what she does. Uh, who does she play in the first round? I can't remember now. Kirsten Flipkins from Germany. Flipkins, yes. I was like, okay, well, somebody that we've heard of before. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really know how I feel about that either way. but It's a you know. winnable match. Right. Because, um, you, know, you know, I love my fave to death. But, you know, over the last few years, um, Venus has been racking up some random losses to play that she should not be losing to so she actually has a couple of losses to flipkins um but i still see this as a very winnable match for venus i think if venus plays what we saw at the woman tournament i think i think she'll be fine mm-hmm. um, flipkins is yeah. nobody to sleep on because she's still a, a very good player but i think venus um could definitely be her yeah i'm i'm i feel okay about the first round so hopefully we won't eat those words and we will See what happens because she's what's first on Monday, right? Or it's not first on, but she plays on Monday. I think she is first on her court. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure Venus is on court at seven. Well, by the time I hate it, she's already done playing her match. Right. <laughs> exactly. First on her court. Yeah. Okay. Well, we will hope. Go Venus, as always. So, yeah, hopefully she can pull that out. She, her and Flipkins have not played it since 2016 at the Olympics, and Flipkins won that match in a tiebreak in a third. Okay, um, that so hopefully Venus can play clutch tennis. And now on to the GOAT, the one and only, the greatest of all time, Olympia Ohania. Um, so what do we think is going to happen with her in this draw? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> You're ridiculous. You threw me off there. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, Serena played great in her warm-up, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, circumstances kind of made her have to withdraw because there was a COVID scare and they couldn't play for a day. So then I feel like, you know, they were going to have to play a couple matches back-to-back right before the Grand Slam. She said, no, I'm not doing that. Oh, sorry, she had a shoulder injury. I was about to say, don't be, she had a shoulder My injury. Bad. She had a shoulder injury. Mm-hmm. But I love what I was saying for her. Serena looks fit. Like, I think she's gotten in better shape. Um, and she was moving very quickly around the court. Um you know, she looks like she's ready to play. It's always, I think, again with her, like everybody else, it seems to come down to mentality. We'll see what happens when she gets later in the draw and when it gets closer and closer to the goal that she's trying to achieve is when we really start to see what kind of form she's in. Um, but I'm ready to see. I don't know. I can't remember who she plays in the first round either. She plays um, Sigmund, also Sigmund. from Germany. So it's really it's America versus Germany with the sisters. That's funny. Um, They've played twice. Serena's up 2-0. and oh, and They actually played last year in Australia. Not at the Australian Open, but they played in the quarterfinals of Auckland. And oh. Serena won that 6-4, 6-3. And if we know, that was Serena's, if we remember, that was Serena's first tournament win as a mom. As a mom, yeah. That was a special moment for her. Mm-hmm. It's crazy that was only a year ago. It feels like it was so much longer. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see Serena in this in this Grand Slam. I hope that it being later in the year helps her. I feel like it's more, <clears throat> I don't know, I think the whole, you know, the COVID of it all is kind of shifting the perspective and the pressure where it's like, okay, people are like, what's going to happen? Who's going to win? But there's also a whole nother big story going on that may um, allow her to feel a little less like tension around mm-hmm. the tournament in general. So, we, yeah, I, I'm excited to see. Like, she gave us very good play. Um, we always know Serena's serve is going to be there. We know her game can be there. We just need to, we need to be her to be there mentally because every time she plays a slam, it's about 24. It's about 24. It's about 24. Um, but I'm confident. I'm getting good vibes from her, and I think she's going to do well. She seems ready. 
Um, I'm sure, I hope her shoulder's fine. <laughs> right. That was so funny. I knew she was not going to play this match against Ashley Barty for so many reasons. But I will say, like, I'm very, like, surprised that Barty and, like, Muguruza played to the final because I don't blame them. I would st- I would not play either. Like, I think that's a totally logical thing for a top player to do. Right. Serena did it. Osaka did it. Azarenka did it. Like, I'm not going to be risking being exhausted and tired for what is this tournament? The Yahara internet whatever it's called like i'm not classic valley did you see the trophy no it's a wombat on a piece of wood what you mean like a stuffed one girl so for real like a taxidermy one girl check the account we tweeted it um so yes so i think it's perfect that barty won it because a wombat is like a sacred animal in australia so that has double meaning to her because that trophy would not have made it into serena's architecturally architecturally designed house um on her in her trophy case at all no i saw a tweet where serena had she had like a second place trophy she was like that doesn't belong there we're gonna get rid of it (laughs) we don't put that in there that's where that trophy. That's where that trophy would have went. But, but oh my gosh, I meant to remember the name. I cannot remember the name. Ooh, I'm gonna see if I can find it out because I want to give him a shout out. One of our followers actually did some digging. I love, I love our followers. Thank y'all for following us. So in that um, clip where she's like, second place trophy, we need to throw that in the trash. They zoomed in, and it all makes sense. So that second place trophy is oh my the one U.S. Open final against Venus. She's so petty. <laughs> well, that's why she has it in there. Yeah, it's that's, the only, one. that's the only one that made it into that. And that makes sense. That was, a that first, was their first all one, Williams yeah. finals in a grand slam. It was prime time. Prime time, baby. Finals. Come on. So she, that was the only one. But it was funny when she was like, we don't keep second place trophy. That's hilarious. She's, and she meant it, too. She did. Yeah, because why? But then again, it shows, you know, as much as Serena is a brat when it comes to Venus, they love each other. And like that trophy being on that stand shows how much that moment meant to her and them in their career. Because I, Venus and Serena has made no problems about throwing away second place trophies from the jump. Like they've said that. So that one being in her home instead of in her garage or Patrick's studio is very important. So, yeah, shout out to her keeping that trophy on display because it's a big moment for them. I wish y'all could see his face. He's seeing the trophy that Ashley Barty's holding. I wish y'all could see his face. Um, What the fuck? I mean, who? Say what you mean, girl. Why? Feel like you mean it. Why? Like mean it. Why is this a trophy? Yeah, I That's would not be keeping this, girl. This would have to go in the trash can. What, another one of our followers said, That is awful. He said, that's why Serena pulled out. She saw the trophy and said, I didn't put that in my house. That is the ugliest trophy I have ever seen. No disrespect to the wombat, but I mean, it don't need to be on cry? It looked like a cutting board and they just glued it on there. Absolutely. It looked, it looked like it looked like um Lala remade it. <laughs> don't do Lala like that. But girl, did you try? We're a little behind because we haven't watched the most recent episode, but those bags on that. <laughs> Girl, did she have tried any And I like Lala but girl, did you try? She did not because I don't. That's the, that is the definition of not trying. <laughs> Literally, she just took the bags and glued them on, and, and no time. You good girl that was falling off. Like girl, that was the worst outfit I have ever seen in our six month binging of RuPaul's Drag Race. I yes. have never seen anything so awful. Yes. Grace that stage. She ought to be ashamed of herself. Like, but, you know, but you know, our girl's still there. To me, shop. You mom. Do we know that? We haven't watched the most recent. Oh, we don't know. We don't know. I hope she's still We don't know. I hope she's still there. Who knows? I guess we don't know. Oh, yeah. Nobody knows why we're laughing. That's fine. Okay. Also, Okay, but we all did forget. I feel like we um, left out Osaka, so we shouldn't. Oh, snap. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, obviously, she's playing. Um, I don't know what. Ha- she also pulled out of the tournament, but she was playing pretty well. I saw a few. Mm, I saw some of her matches, but I don't really remember um, what the results were. But I think she was playing well. She won them. She, yeah. She played well. Um, she has. She does have a tough first round match. Um, she plays Palachenkova. 
Oh yeah, that's right. No walk in the park. And actually, we tweeted two weeks ago all of the active players with the most wins in Australia that were the top ten wins in Australia, and Polyakova is number ten. So not just at the Australian Open, but any tournament in Australia. She oh, okay. Well, at the beginning of the year, so that is a tough um, opening round for Osaka. But I think she'll come through that one. Yeah, it's funny people calling her like little Serena because she basically copies everything that Serena does. <laughs> like they're like she plays the exact same tournaments that Serena plays. Serena pulled out, then she pulled out. So people were like, "Oh, she's just basically mimicking Serena's moves." I mean, who better to mimic, girl? All right. I mean, who can blame her? I mean, I like the the mindset that she's taking about tennis. I think it'll help us have her around. Um, she's strictly about the business, and she's a very sweet girl. So, yeah, and she speaks out for for issues. I saw today she was tweeting about <clears throat> this stuff that was happening in, like, the Asian community, like, all these, like, different um, attacks that have been happening to people in the Asian, like, elderly people in the Asian community, and she was, like, speaking out about how it was wrong. So I love that she does that and doesn't shy away. As shy as she is, she is not afraid to speak up about stuff. Right. So, yeah. So, yeah, so. I think she'll get through that match and she'll have a good um, Australian Open. Um, so, yeah, thank you for bringing her up. Um, my apologies. No disrespect. You know, I love Osaka. Um, she is my third, she's my third fave after Taylor Townsend and Madison Keith. I saw one other match that I thought would be interesting or could be was Parankova is playing um, Shway. What's the girl? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so I, like, I know she always gives people a hard time. And then Parankova obviously is a good player. So I was like, that probably would, could have the potential to be entertaining. I don't really know who would win, um, but I thought it's that would be a fun match. The way Shway plays the most relaxed, unstressed tennis. I've never right. seen and will be out here dragging people. Exactly. So I thought that would be fun, a fun one. I've got, if I remember, I would peek in to watch that because we didn't tell y'all, but we fancy folks now because we got Tennis Channel Plus because we can see all the channels. We got a whole a whole uh, cable network of tennis. Okay, we did that for no y'all, more, honey. No more illegal streaming. Listen, we don't got to go to YouTube, girl. We got a legit account. Come on, watching it on the real Yo. thing. The, the illegalities of how we used to watch tennis. I remember one time we were trying to find a match with Venus, and I was tweeting people on the Twitter. And this one person, I think he lived in Africa, and he was like, well, not, sorry, Africa's a continent. I don't remember the country in Africa, but he sent me this, this link, and I sent it to you, and we was watching tennis, girl. I don't know where the link came from, but it worked. Shout out to whoever that was. I, I Our computers are not infected. I mean, they may be, but all in the name of watching tennis, watching all kind of illegal live streaming in different languages. <laughs> like, don't even yeah. know what Like, a delayed re- reaction. The grunts are off by, like, five seconds. Right. Yeah. But we have moved up in the world, and we now yeah. we are able to keep up with the lives. So, yeah, we are excited about the Australian Open. And that is a run on us, like, you know, black players in the Australian Open draw. We hope you guys like our take on this draw. And we're going to take a quick break and come back and close out the show. This commercial break is brought to you by hand sanitizers. If you don't wash your hands, at least use a hand sanitizer. No, wash your hands. It's not the same. Yeah. We'll be right back. Oh my gosh, I love this hand sanitizer by Bath and Body Works. It's giving me very much midnight bliss sense and vibes, and I feel so clean. Oh my God, I love this dial antibacterial soap and how I lather it for 30 seconds while singing happy birthday and making sure that I wash my hands thoroughly with soap. (laughs) It's so great. And then moisturizing afterwards. Yay! Nobody needs it to be shading. I'm just saying. I use soap too. Okay. I didn't say you didn't. Hit dog. How are you? Oh, Wait. is that what's happening? Okay. That's what I hear. Okay. No. Okay. Hi, guys. And we're going to wrap up the show now. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm a little upset because of the disrespect. I mean, I didn't disrespect you. You did. You can't. No, I did it. I'm just saying. You're trying to tell the people that I don't wash my hands with soap. I didn't say that. I'm just saying you like your hands. You said, oh, I like using hand sanitizer. I'm like, oh, I like using soap. I didn't say anything about you. Girl, everybody needs to know what inferencing is, honey. Okay. Let's just wrap up the show. (laughs) Well, thank y'all for tuning in to another episode of Serving It Up. 
Um, we enjoyed giving you guys our take on the Australian Open draw from the black perspective, you know, for us, by us. Hope you all enjoy watching tennis. Um, anything you want to leave the leave the girls with? No, not really. I mean, thanks, guys, for listening. As always, we'll be back. Um, oh, it's two weeks. Our prediction. Oh, okay. Well, I want Venus to win the Austria, win for the women, and I don't know who's going to win for the men. Um, Nadal. Okay, so he picks Venus and Nadal. So for me, I would love to see Venus win the 2021 edition of the Australian Open. So that is going to be my that is going to be my dark horse prediction, and my not dark horse prediction is going to be Serena. So I am here for 24 or number eight. Um, and on the men's side, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to take a different spin. I think on the men's side, I would love to see, it's going to be very odd. I would love to see Medvedev win. Okay. Since when you like Medvedev? I've been a fan of Medvedev for a while. I have been trying my best to find out if he is crazy or has tweeted anything racist or homophobic. And I haven't, I don't think I've found anything yet. If if there is, please let me know so I can stop rooting for him. But I just think Medvedev is really talented. So he's my dark horse. I'd love to see him win. Um, and then Nadal. Nadal would be my not so dark horse. <laughs> I mean, Medvedev is a solid pick. I think he could totally win. Yeah, I would like to see how far he's going. So those are my picks. So yes, those are our predictions. And we are going to do, uh, do we want to, are we telling them? Sure, you already started. Let's go. But they don't know what I'm starting, so I they, they don't know. I don't need this, so let's find out. Oh my gosh, you're doing too much. What? What are you gonna say? Like the midweek? Oh yeah, go for it. So in the middle of the week, we're gonna do an update. Just a quick night. It will not be a full episode. Just a quick update about what's happening in the draw. Who's still in? Who are the upsets? And if our predictions, his being Venus and Nadal, mine being Venus and Serena and Nadal and Medvedev, are still in the draw. <laughs> Um, so just a quick update midweek, and then we'll come up with a full episode, I like Mike said, um, two weeks from today. Yes, uh, check-in, uh, like a halfway point check-in, because it's a grand slam, so we can't go a whole two weeks without talking about what's happening. That would be ridiculous and very irresponsible of us. Right, and we love y'all too much to do that to you. Right, and I mean, we'll be tweeting so, so much during this entire time, so... Be following us on Twitter, serving underscore it's under um, underscore up uh, for all of the updates. And we'll keep you up to date on what we're thinking as we move along for the next week. But I'm ready. It starts less than 12 hours from now. We'll be there'll be 12. There'll be live tennis happening. First Grand Slam of the year. So, yes, Always. by the time you guys hear this message, you'll probably be in the second round. So best of luck to all of your faves. Best of luck to our faves. And we thank y'all so much for tuning in and listening and supporting us and following us. Um, and I'm going to, you know, go drink me some more of this wine. All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. All right. Bye.